Hey, welcome to the Echo and Encourage podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Garrido, and I'm here to talk about all things that echo eternity and encourage everyone. From how to embrace entrepreneurship to the best tips to flourish in your life. Thanks so much for listening. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Echo and Encourage podcast. My guest is extra special to me today. I not only love the beautiful way Pastor John Abbott uplifts Jesus with his preaching, but he's also my dad. And I was so happy that he officiated my wedding this past summer. Pastor John has pastored in seven different states. He loves the ocean, and so he especially loved pastoring in Hawaii and Florida. Mm -hmm. He's currently serving in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where he lives with my mom, Maria, and my brother, Noah. He loves to tell people that God is always greater than we think, and the gospel is always better than we think. And he loves to help people see the power of prayer and how God speaks his healing words and guidance for us today. I would also love to add that my dad used to do stand-up comedy. Now he just does it sitting down. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> and my dad did stand-up comedy back in the day. He still has an audience that follows him everywhere because he laughs at his own jokes. <laughs> and I do too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well... It was a warm welcome. <laughs> okay, I'll cut that. <laughs> Just kidding, I love it. Oh, okay. I All love right. it. I've got to leave. No, don't. Please stay. Okay. John, will you please share with us how you found encouragement as a young person growing up in California and now throughout your ministry over seven states of pastoring? Well, I, I've got to tell you, to synthesize so much, to condense it, uh, is quite a challenge, but the I like to tell people that early on growing up, I had a lot of fun as a kid, got into a lot of mischievous ad, uh, troubles and adventures, played sports, um, did comedy in my classroom, uh, literally loved life, but there were big challenges in our home, which uh, created a quite a bit amount of uh, tension, conflict, sadness, and uh, I knew that uh, laughter kind of brought perspective, that uh, when you put the problem up so close to you, you can't see any other good thing, but uh, laughter helps bring perspective and joy. And I came to learn that, that uh, I went on a search and I wanted to know if there was a God, what was he, what was truth? And I tried so many different things out in life from uh, philosophies, religions, spiritualism. Um, I did the, I lived my life the kind of way someone would who doesn't know a God of love, trying to fill all those big, <clears throat> excuse me, gaps in our hearts, those holes that really only God deserves to have, only, only he can fill. And one day I got a job at a hospital and I was telling this man about my search for meaning and truth. And uh, he said, well, I know someone who could study the Bible with you. And I said, I, I was so misguided back then. I said, oh, no, thanks. I'm actually looking for truth. And he just kind of <laughs> smiled at me and said, okay. 
But uh, I met this guy a couple days later at the cafeteria line at work, and he had the first smile that I felt was genuine and authentic that I had seen in a long time. Most of the smiles I'd seen were people drunk or high, and I was so attracted to that smile, I found myself asking him, hey, can we do Bible studies? And he said, sure. His name was Larry, and we used to go to the top of the hospital roof every lunchtime, and I learned um, that I had a creator, that um, I had a savior from my sin, I, and uh, the gift of forgiveness and eternal life, and that I had a future in heaven for sure. And everything else I had ever read uh, was so human-based, and it was philosophy, it was just religion. But the Bible had a divine signature that, that I felt so assured of, uh, came from God himself. He had supervised the writing of his word and the assurances there, and it brought life to me and I accepted Jesus as my savior, my life immediately began to change from the inside out. And by the way, this man invited me to church and he didn't show up for the first couple of weeks and I didn't know what happened, but I kept going. And then one week I see him after church standing next to a lady in a wheelchair and she was a quadriplegic. And I said to a mutual friend, who's that? Lady Larry brought to church. That's just like him to be that nice. And he said, well, that's his wife. His wife? Yeah, she had a stroke. The doctor said she wouldn't even make it through the night, but her life was miraculously saved. She can't talk, but um, he stayed with his wife and they communicate by pressing their uh, hands together, their fingers. And I thought most men would have left a woman like that a long time ago. She can't even button her daughter's dress, kiss her husband goodnight. But he stayed with her and treated her like a queen. And I thought he must know a God of love that could get you through anything who's worth giving your whole life to and trusting no matter what. So that sealed my decision to be baptized back in 1980. That is such a powerful and beautiful testimony of God's love. And I'm so thankful that you chose the path of God's love and that's forever changed our family's heritage and lineage because you made that choice and continue to make that choice. Thank you, Dad. Amen. Throughout your pastoral ministry, you've been in so many different conferences and you've been in different cultures. We were in Hawaii for a while. We've been in Michigan, Florida, now New Mexico, all over. How do you infuse joy and humor into your ministry? Well, of course, in, the, in my day-to-day -day interactions with people, I, I deal with a lot of, of uh, people who are struggling. They're struggling physically, mentally, there's a lot of hurt, whether you're a Christian or not. We live in a fallen world, a sinful world, where people experience hurts and pains. And as a pastor, you rub shoulders, you connect with a lot of people like that. So, including children and young people. And 
I want to make the gospel attractive. The gospel isn't, oh no, this is, you know, come to Jesus and uh, it's maybe it'll, it'll get better. Assurance brings joy because assurance isn't maybe Jesus will forgive you. It's, it's the assurance that he will. We do have peace with God. We do have a future in heaven and we have the promise of God's presence in the here and now, not just later on when Jesus comes. That brings joy. That brings peace. And that brings perspective to deal with all of our heartaches and pain mm -hmm. and grief and problems. So it, 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 it just lubricates everything with the peace and joy that it's that sh one streak of light on a dark canvas that says, I can see my way home from here. Despite the darkness around me, I can get home. Mm -hmm. Everybody needs hope. And that joy is just one aspect of uh, knowing God that lets us know that we can all get home despite our challenges and heartaches and struggles here. So I'd like to exude joy. Mm -hmm. And uh, that can come in many forms. It could come in the form of laughter. It could come in the form of smiles, of hugs, of just of talking about Jesus, of bringing someone some food when uh, they've gotten out of the hospital. But it, in some manifestation, the more people see joy because of Jesus in our lives, the more hope they have that they can go to another level of peace and wholeness for themselves. Amen. A lot of people have asked me this question throughout my own life, and I was wondering if you'd like to share a bit of your perspective on it. People say, why does God allow so many heartbreaking things to happen to his children, the ones that he loves, whether it's um, the death of a loved one, a sickness, an ailment. How do you explain to people about that hard topic and how God, um, how God's heart is, how his heart is postured toward all of this hurt? You know, that is the hardest question to uh, discuss with non-believers. That's their biggest stumbling stone uh, often in coming to faith in God. And, and yet it's still even uh, a struggle for Christians. If God loved me, if he's a big God, is he, why isn't he powerful enough to stop the pain? And if he's a loving God, why isn't he merciful enough to intervene and stop this pain? And first of all, we would, uh, there's no pat answer, frankly, that satisfies everyone. It's just, there's nothing I can share that suddenly people will walk away and say, oh, I get it. All my <laughs> questions are uh, resolved and I'm a Christian now, or I trust God now. But there are things we can give people to consider and I believe the Holy Spirit will work on them and I think that there are good theological, biblical insights that can help us uh, when we're struggling with our faith. I think, first of all, I'm not afraid to doubt. I'm not afraid to struggle. Uh, uh, if, if you don't have great doubts, you can't have great faith mm -hmm. because it helps you be honest about what do you really need 
to know from God. Mm-hmm. And, and that struggle is worth it. So I don't shy away from that in my own life. I embrace it and let God work it out. Uh, however, the Bible is clear um, that uh, when Jesus was asked uh, at different times why these terrible things happen, he said, an enemy hath done this. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we think God is against me since he's not healing me. We live in a world where God's arch enemy, Satan, had access and his evil angels to this world. There were many questions raised about God's character in heaven. Revelation talks about a third of the angels being cast out of heaven. Why? The Bible says there was war. What kind of war and over what? Well, somehow Lucifer, the angel closest to God, because pride was in his heart, he wanted to be like God. He wanted the prerogatives of Christ himself, the commander of the angels. So he began making insinuations. Probably much of what we heard in the garden was spoken up in heaven to the angels. You know, uh, is God really withholding this good fruit from you? I wonder why. He must not, God knows that in the day you eat, you shall be like him, knowing good from evil. And Eve thought, wow, God is withholding the, the greatest prerogatives, the greatest level of existence God is withholding from himself. So God must be a selfish God. And, and then Lucifer uh, intimated that if he's a selfish God, he's withholding and he doesn't deserve to be obeyed. And if he doesn't deserve to be obeyed, he's probably asking us, to do things that are impossible to do. We keep, God doesn't deserve to be obeyed. It's impossible to obey him, and we don't need to. We can become gods on our own. And all of that, those, those uh, nuanced uh, questions found their way to earth. And from the time of the serpent with Adam and Eve, uh, ever since, God whispers to each human, you know what? God doesn't really deserve to be obeyed. It's impossible to live up to his expectations. He's arbitrary. We can't really please him. And you can be your own God without him. You could find happiness, peace, fulfillment, and satisfaction outside of God. Satan has repeated to humanity that God doesn't deserve to be obeyed. It's impossible. And we could become happy without him. We could become, in essence, our own gods. We don't need him. And humanity swallowed that bait. And, but what happens when we reject God in our lives? We find ourselves in darkness. Mm-hmm. We find ourselves with God-shaped holes, filling, trying to fill them with things that don't fit. We find ourselves experiencing more darkness than light, more turmoil than peace, mm-hmm. more selfishness and sin than love and self-sacrifice but when jesus came to this earth hannah the most beautiful thing about his life death and resurrection is that jesus answered the questions of what god is really like Mm -hmm. jesus life death and resurrection ministry showed us god is not the kind of being his enemies have made him out to be Mm -hmm. but he is a god of total self-sacrificing love who's totally worthy of our loving trust and obedience. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. 
Now we know because of Jesus what God is really like. Satan is a liar. We can't trust him, Jesus said. But we can now in trust give our lives to him. And when troubles, heartaches, um, when that phone rings and the emergency comes and life suddenly changes for the worse in some family's home, what gives me hope through the tragedies I've experienced and the, the great heartaches is that, no, it may not be fair that I was born in a world of sin. I had no choice over that. I was just here. I guess uh, someone ordered me on Amazon without me knowing and I showed up one day in a package. But, uh, but God, while we, have, we may not believe it's fair that we wound up in this world, this cruel world, neither is it fair that God so loved the world. He gave his only son to die the sins for the sins that I deserve to die from. And he gave me the life that only he deserves to have. Mm -hmm. That's a greater unfairness in that sense. Mm -hmm. And I may, I may suffer and have a difficult time on this world until the whole universe uh, can see the the resolution to this great controversy about God's character that Satan began in heaven. But while I believe Jesus resolved those, and until Jesus comes, I can trust my Father's heart. There's an old saying, when you can't un trust his will, you can trust his heart. And I know because of what God is really like, I can trust him despite the unresolved questions I have in my life. Amen. That's so beautiful and powerful and uplifting. What are some ways that people can choose light, can choose joy, when we live in a world where a lot of people get stuck in a rut of not being joyful or being negative? Well, there's no doubt that we are bombarded by bad news at every turn. Whether you turn on the TV news, the internet news, whether you just step into the office at work, you're gonna start hearing bad news. Yeah. Oh, did you hear about this? Did you hear about that? And you're like, oh my, why did I get out of bed today? <laughs> this is so, so much. So how do we kind of uh, uh, be a little prophylactic and uh, uh, be on our advance guard with this, uh, all this bad stuff that happens. And real bad things may be happening in our own uh, close circle of friends or family. Well, I'll tell you what I like to do. Um, I have a back injury that I sustained and I'm going to the gym and I notice that the more I work out, the stronger my back becomes. But if I expect my back to go from a negative deficit to instant strength just like that, I'd be fooling myself. It's taken an investment of uh, strengthening over time to strengthen those muscles and tendons. I think the same way works emotionally and spiritually. We reinforce what we emphasize uh, and what we practice. The more I practice negativity, and doubt, the more that's reinforced in my mind and my feelings will follow my thoughts. Mm -hmm. But the more I practice 
uh, praising God. I love to thank him in advance because he's promised so I know that the, the answers will come, the provision will come, whether emotional, physical, spiritual, sometimes even financial. God, God's provision is waiting for us to be ready to receive it. And it may not be just the way I want it. His will be done. I'm always surrendering to his will and let him supply it now, later, or at the second coming. So the question is never, will God take care of me? But how and when, and can I trust him? Well, he's given me enough faith to trust him. So I practice, I read scripture, and the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the washing of the word. I, I read scripture and I digest that through the day, through the week, and it cleanses my mind from the negativity. And I, I praise him through the day and I talk faith and I don't deny that I have problems and struggles and sometimes depression or anxiety, but I say, thank you, God, that I don't have to stay this way. Mm -hmm. Thank you that this is what I have today, but you are here and you're growing me and you're giving me new insights. Your Holy Spirit is speaking to my heart. Your word is transforming me. So I have every reason to claim the promise in advance that you're walking me to wholeness. So I reinforce faith and joy by reading his word, being in his presence, praising, worshiping him. And I positively declare faith when I share him positively with others. All that, that positive focus uh, reinforces the positive change. And the Bible says, by beholding, we are changed. Mm -hmm. What are you beholding? all the negativity and heartache, or all the promises and matchless charms of your Savior, the more we behold Him, the more we change. That is awesome. And it's beautiful news that we can do that and that it's a free gift for us that's readily available. Amen. I am remembering a story that you shared with me when I was young about your sister asking your mom if she could, I believe, talk to God on the phone. And yeah. I was wondering if you'd like to share that story with us. Oh yeah, well let's see. My sister was about six years old maybe. I was about nine, 10, but my sister, we were all in the living room, and my little sister Jennifer said, Mom, do you think God, um, lives in the sky and my mother wasn't being very theological but she knew god was big and everywhere she said well sure god is in the sky well mommy if god is in the sky do you think he's um in the birds and my mother wasn't too theologically correct on this one but she said uh sure i guess god is in the birds i don't know sure oh mommy I like that. Well, if God is in the sky and God is in the birds, do you think, you think he lives in telephone poles? <laughs> My mother said, hmm, telephone poles. Well, he's pretty big and he's everywhere. I guess he's in the telephone poles too. Well, mommy, if God is in the sky and the birds and the telephone poles, why don't we give God a call? 
And I thought instantly, oh, she, as she headed toward the phone, she was actually gonna try to got, call, give Cod a telephone call. So I ran in the back room where I knew my mom's phone was, and I picked up the receiver before she could actually dial a real number. She doesn't even know how to dial seven numbers back then, but, but she dialed those touchstone numbers, a few of them, and she fully expected to find someone on the end of the line. Mm -hmm. So uh, she said, hello, is God there? I said, hello. And she said in the deepest voice I can muster, I said, hello, Jennifer. And she said, mommy, mommy, God is on the phone. You want to talk to God too? And my mother, just trying to placate her, said, okay, Jennifer, of course. I'd love to talk with God. Not expecting anyone there, my mother grabbed the phone, put it up to her ear, and she thought she'd play along. Hello, God. And I said, hello, Carol. And my mother went, ah! <laughs> she screamed, not expecting anyone. And uh, I just dashed out of the back room laughing my head off. That was the beginning of my practical joking career. Um, but then my mother had a good laugh. And, uh, you know, I've thought about that since. And I said, and I've thought, sometimes I tell my church members after hearing that story, you know, more important than God living in uh, the sky and telephone poles is him living in our hearts. Mm -hmm. And he's promised that he'll do that. And if you just open your heart to him today, just give him permission to do the things you may not understand, all the X's and O's and uh, how God comes into someone's life, but he's promised that he does. Give him permission. And John said in John chapter one, to as many as received him, to them, gave the, he gave the right to become children of God. So I don't try to figure it all out. I just say, Father, I accept you again today. I need you as my personal savior from my sin, from my rebellion, from the self uh, parts of me that uh, want to be on the throne instead of you. Forgive me for those. Mm -hmm. And instead, please take the throne Send your Holy Spirit to dwell inside and guide me, speak to me, melt my heart. Let me sit at your feet and learn of your love for me so I can fall more deeply in love with you. He never fails to answer that prayer. Even when I've been struggling, resisting, not thirsting or hungering after him, I just am honest mm -hmm. and I say, Father, return my thirst and hunger for you. Expand the capacity in my heart to know you and experience you. And he always answers that prayer because he always wants to grace us and bring us back to him. What is one way that we can echo eternity or encourage others? Well, you know that beautiful verse from Ecclesiastes, God hath put eternity into our hearts. Uh, whether we realize it or not, the things of this world are so fleeting. 
I try to get people, uh, you know, to think about, you know, after college, after you've begun your career, you're successful. You've got the, the, the two cars and the boat and the vacations and uh, you've got your family. Well, what then? Well, retirement. And what then? Well, I hope I'm healthy. And then what then? Well, I guess I die. Don't you want to be connected? Is that all there is? Is there more to life than news, weather, and sports? Is there perhaps a loving God who wants to be with you forever that is so much bigger than just living your 30, 40, 60, 70, 80 years out here and then that's it? What about eternity? And um, helping people echo eternity, the promise, the offer that the God of the universe, our creator who spoke the worlds into existence, actually wants to be with us forever and it can start now it doesn't have to why wait to have a relationship with god till you're dead and the second coming that beautiful relationship can begin today and there's so much he offers that is so much more meaningful than either our trivial pursuits or even our best moments here with our families God infuses even those best moments and even makes them better because he puts meaning and purpose and his presence in the midst of our family that we love and then gives us the promise of eternity with uh, each other. Uh, so I like echoing uh, positivity, hope with the promise of uh, echoing the promise of eternity that Christ offers. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing that. How can our listeners connect with you? Well, uh, currently I'm pastoring at the Albuquerque Central Seventh-day Adventist Church. And uh, any communications can be made through there. And we also on our archive, if they enjoy being encouraged by the word, we have a sermon archive, whether it's myself or our elders, it's there with links on our website. Also, we have a ABQ Central YouTube sermon page uh, where we archive the sermons as well. Uh, other than that, through our secretary, someone uh, could uh, get connected. Thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing your joy, your beautiful personality, your vibrance, and your love for God. You are an inspiration to me as my dad, as my pastor, as a mentor, and I love you so much. Oh, that's a million times back to you, baby. You're doing so well, and I so much appreciate that you're creating a form to help other people find life, joy, perspective, and blessed assurance with their Creator and Savior. You're doing great. God bless you. Thank you, Dad. God bless you. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. If you liked it, and if you enjoy the show in general, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe. If you want to see more about each episode, head over to the Echo and Encourage podcast on Instagram or Echo and Encourage on YouTube.